How many of you have ever tried to learn something difficult? How many of you tried to learn something difficult and, and you gave up and you gave up? Uh, piano, I haven't even tried, but uh, that's more difficult. I tried guitar for a while and some of you with, uh, it, yeah, I, I knew there would be a couple of you that saw me do this at Bear Valley Church. It was awful. But uh, uh, so the, one of the other things that I've tried to do over my time here at Bear Valley, beautiful Bear Valley Springs, you know, uh, I've tried to play golf. How many of you are golfers? Golfers, give me some tips on golfing. So uh, if I'm standing up, I'm getting ready on the first tee at Bear Valley Springs, you know that one where you see all this beauty, it's just beautiful, and there's rocks. Not that any of you have ever hit those rocks, but uh, uh, what, what do you do? Uh, you put your ball on the tee. What do you do? Give me some tips. You swing and hit it. I'm with you. Yeah, you just give it. Yes, you're you're trying to get the ball in the hole. That was very important. You know, seems like a long way away. Anybody else? The more time you getting the most out of the game. So this is uh, a while back. A while back, uh, Bob Carpenter. Some of you know Bob. Uh, when I was a youth pastor, he said, you know, we, we, I play in this golf league, and I want you to play with me. I want you to be my partner. I, I think he thought that I was going to be better than I really was. But I remember going out, and, and many of the uh, golfers out there, they, they'd say, okay, what you want to do is you want to lay your, the head of your thing down there, just kind of get comfortable, and then you, you put your hands on it, and I grabbed it like this. And No, 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 no. You got to go like this, and it's got to be loose. And I'm like, no, if, if I'm going to hit it hard, it's got to be like this. No, no, it's got to be loose. And so they do this, and they have this funny little thing. I wanted to do it like that, and they wanted me to do it like that. And then I'm like, okay, and then they're, okay now bend your knees, bend your knees. And so I'm like, okay, good. no, no, lean over, just no, too much. You know? And they're going like this, hold it like this. And, and then uh, keep your eye on the ball, keep your eye on the ball. And then I said, well, how will I know how far I hit it if I don't watch it? No, no, we'll watch where it goes. Are you sure? It might go into the neighbor's yard there. Anyways, um, so you, you do all this and, and they give you the hundred tips of hitting a golf ball. And the last thing that everyone says is, now relax and hit it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played golf in a very long time because it, it's like, it just seems too complicated. It just seems too complicated. Um, I want to share with you this morning one of the, the most beautiful passages uh, in the midst of Jesus being they're trying to entrap him. They don't like him. It's, it's right before Jesus goes to the cross and to the grave and r- rises again from the dead. And, and Jesus hands to us, even in the midst of people trying to make him look stupid, he hands to us this beautiful, simple, profound message of what our life is supposed to be like. If you turn in your Bibles uh, to Matthew, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter uh, 22, and this morning we're going to look at verse 34 and, and the verses following up to verse 40. And kids, make sure you open your Bibles to make sure that I'm, I'm really from the Bible. That's the most important thing of 
church is that you're, you find a pastor that doesn't give you what he thinks because what he thinks might be wrong. Um, and you don't want to follow after a man. You want to know what God says and follow after him. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you um, this amazing passage. God's word says this, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We thank you for it. We uh, ask that it would be our guide, that your spirit would be our teacher. And God, I think now... I think of the group that's leaving, uh, our middle schoolers off to camp. And I pray that this would be uh, the stirring of their heart. This passage would uh, be inputted from the youngest to the oldest. This idea that we would live our lives to love you. And God, help us to get there this morning and for this to impact our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I meant to say this earlier, um, we have a, a group of middle schoolers heading off to camp. I, I don't know if you saw them on, on your way in this morning. What a great thing. Uh, please, please pray for them this week. Uh, I believe there's about 35 middle schoolers and a bunch of other people uh, to help because there's 35 middle schoolers. Um, pretty simple how that goes together. So this morning we come to a passage that uh, we see, if you're here last week, you had this group, the Sadducees, that they had come and they sought to uh, entrap Jesus and, and make him look foolish. And even before that, uh, it, there was another group from the Pharisees and from the Roman types that came and they tried to entrap Jesus. They tried to make him look foolish and turn the crowd against him. And now the Pharisees saw another group. They're another group, Pharisees, Sadducees. Sound like the same, but they're, they're different. The Pharisees saw that the Sadducees failed, and so they got together, and it was kind of like a formal meeting. What are we going to do to take Jesus out? And as they gathered together, they came up with some kind of plan. And the plan went that one of them that was uh, a smart guy, a smart guy that says a lawyer, it means the idea of someone trained, uh, probably the smartest of the crew, they elected him to present a question to Jesus that would somehow confuse him and uh, he wouldn't be able to answer. And this was the question. Um, and, and it goes along like this. They, they brought him and, and they acknowledged that he was a teacher. Like they, they said, teacher. Uh, it was kind of like saying, we know you're smart. Show us how smart you are. 
In fact, all these questions in, in these uh, succession, they referred to him as teacher, though I don't truly believe that they were going to listen. Uh, they were just trying to set him up as a teacher. Show us how great you are. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, when we think of the law, when we think of the law, most of us think of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And how many commandments are in the Ten Commandments, kids? Ten. Thank you. That's why we got you in here. For you know, some of the, Sometimes we miss the big stuff when you become an adult. You're like, I don't know. There are ten. Those are the Ten Commandments. But to know this, uh, if you look throughout the Old Testament, there's a bunch of different laws. In fact, uh, some would say thousands of different laws. In fact, uh, there were even laws that weren't written in the Old Testament that the Jews followed as well. So, so they had thousands of laws. And so uh, this lawyer, who was a studied guy, he was someone who was smart, he came to Jesus and he says, what he's asking is, out of all the thousands of laws, which one is the most important, the greatest, the greatest? Um, when somebody asks you what's the best, it's kind of a trick question, right? They're looking for an argument. Uh, what's the best baseball team? The Red, Sox. the Red Sox. Good. You could tell you're a learned man. You're sitting in the front row here and everything. I was just thankful no one said the Dodgers. Come on. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's my favorite team, whoever's playing the Dodgers. So you're figuring that out. You're going, what? How can that be? It changes every... Yeah. No, I'm not that bad. Anyways, uh, you know, you realize, you realize there's many different ways to answer. Like, you say, well, are you asking who's won the most games this year? Who's in first place? Who's won the most championships? Who's, you realize there's a lot of different ways. And there could be an argument. And uh, if someone answers a little bit different, you say, oh, you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. This is why you don't know what you're talking about. And this is what they were getting at when it came to the law with Jesus. You, you could imagine uh, uh, what would be, well, thou shalt not kill, right? The idea of murder. That, that seems like a big one. Why doesn't Jesus say that one? Or lying, you know, that seems like a big one, right? Or, you know, there's some others that don't seem that significant. But the, those kind of are some of the big ones. Uh, and, and you go, maybe Jesus is going to say that. And so uh, this lawyer comes and he wants to put Jesus on the spot. And he asks this final question of this section, that's, these entrapping questions. So if you think about it, Jesus could have answered any one of the ten plus thousands others. And it would have started this back and forth with this lawyer. But Jesus, in verse 37, he says, this is it. And I think this morning, I love, I love how this works out. So Jesus is in this competition almost with the religious leaders. <clears throat> that they're having this uh, bout between each other. They, they come in waves and they, they return and then they come back. And it's this back and forth. And in the midst of them attacking Jesus... He says something so important for us today. So important. It takes all the, the complications of life, 
all the uh, priorities that we might have and sets them all aside and, and puts right in the middle, this is what you should be doing. It's beautiful. Before we get to his answer, uh, I want you to think of the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. It says, it says, God, he loved the world so much. God so loved the world <clears throat> that he gave. His love for a world that hated him and for you that hated him. His love caused him, or as part of his plan, caused him to give his son. So that as we believe in him, so whoever believes in him, they wouldn't perish, they wouldn't die in their sin, but that they would have, or that we would have, eternal life. That God loved us. As we consider this this morning, as we think about this as a backdrop, Jesus was heading to the cross. He was heading to do that uh, most important event of his life, his death and his resurrection combined, that he would do the thing for us. As Jesus was going to that, he gives us how we should live our lives in light of God's love for us. In verse 20, 37, Jesus replied to this lawyer's question, who he didn't care about Jesus. In fact, he had an agenda trying to take him out. Jesus replied saying this, Love the Lord your God. Think about that. Love the Lord your God. If you want to know, uh, out of all the things that have been said, out of all the different uh, commands, I want to give you the one. Love the Lord your God. How many of you have uh, make to-do lists? Kids are like, I don't do it. Make. I know, your parents make them for you. These are your chores. You got to do these. Uh, and I, how many, some of us like to-do lists because you love the, the feeling of just crossing it off with violence, you know. Done. I owned you. You know, uh, I crossed that off my list. Um, this, what Jesus gives them is something amazing because how, how many of you have had a long to-do list before? Long. And, and, and you're looking at it and you go, uh, what do I want to do? For, some of you are the, the type of people uh, that you put like eat breakfast on there. And you're like, man, I feel really accomplished today. I ate breakfast. Get out of bed put my shoes on, you know, uh, the simple things, uh, you know, and so you're going, man, I'm really dominating today. Uh, but but you, you look at that list, and, and you look at the huge list, what, what, how do you decide what to do on that list? If there's not, there's no way you can get through this whole list, how do you decide what to do on that list? Some of you are thinking through right now. Some of you are like super disciplined, military type. I do the first one, and I just keep nailing them, coming down. Uh, some of you are like, no, 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 it's got to be an issue of priority. What's the, uh, the, what's the most important thing to do? Some of you are like, what's the easiest thing I can do on that list? I got to feel accomplished, right? <laughs> uh, some of you are like, no, 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 I'm taking the most difficult thing. And once I get that done, 
I want to tell you how beautiful this passage is. That Jesus takes the thousands of things that you feel compelled to do. The thousands of laws. The, all the things that we uh, feel, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. And Jesus says, let me tell you about what's the one. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. And he doesn't just say love God. Love God. That, that, that's a way to say that. that, that that's a, a fine way to say that. But he makes it personal. And he says, love the Lord your God. That, that you have a love relationship with a personal God that knows and loves you and has loved you, right? John 3, 16. He loves love you so much that he sent his son. And so there's this, he says, this is the one. This is the one. And, and I'm pretty sure the, the lawyer didn't go, oh, great. Let me, I'll tell all the Pharisees and we'll get our act together. Love the Lord your God. There's more to be said, right? But I want you to hear that this morning. Love the Lord your God. As, as he s says, you know, where is that priority? What is it? It's loving God. It's that you having that personal relationship with God and you spending your days loving Him. Loving Him. Not very complicated, is it? It's not something like uh, playing piano or golfing, right? That you've got to remember a thousand things. It's, it's I need to remember that what I do and how I live should be loving my God. Loving my God. He says this, uh, you know, not adding, but as the complete thought. In verse 30, 37, he says, With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Uh, he, he gives us three parts of self. And I want to say it this way. Um, and you say, well, does that mean there's three different parts of ourselves? I really don't think that this is what Jesus' intention was, is to separate us up into three different parts. But what he does do is this. All, all, all three parts. It's not something that, as we look at this, the idea of our heart being mission control for us, being the, the center of our person, and with all your soul, that, that which is eternal, and with all your mind, all the thoughts that you're, are bouncing around, your intellect even, as we uh, think of sometimes. And, and he says, all that is you, take that, and with all that is you, Love the Lord your God. Um, this, this is where it gets complicated. And not complicated because God is complicated. Complicated because we uh, seek to do things differently than God wants us to. Um, when uh, you look at your priority list, your, your things to do today, and then you look at the hours in the day, your calendar... And then some of you take your to-do list and you put it on your calendar and you're saying, from uh, 10.30 to 10.45, I'm going to do number two on my list. And then I'm going to go to number three and I'm going to do this and I'm going to schedule these things out. And, and you've got this idea of going from one topic or one idea to the next. And then once you finish it, you say, done, on to the next. I'm done with that. 
As you look at this passage, and Jesus lays it out there as something you're never done with. Love the Lord your God with all that you are. It's not a portion of your day. It's not a, a, a part of your person, a part of your resources. It's with all that you are to love the Lord your God. Jesus is sharing with them, he says, this is what you need to do with all that is your life. All that is your person, that you are to love the Lord your God. As he looks at this, uh, it's all that you are and it's all that you have. All that you got, okay? That this is what we are to love God with. And then he says this, verse 38, this is the first and this is the greatest. The first and the greatest. If you're uh, ranking them, all the things that you have to do, this is the first priority. It's more important than your job. It's more important than your identity. It's more important than your family. It's more important than uh, what you want to do, your recreation. It's more important than anything else. It is of first priority. But it's not just a first priority. It's the greatest. It's the greatest. I I was looking at this. So um, it's the first on the list for things for you to do. But it's also the biggest and the greatest. Uh, I always think it's interesting. uh, When I figured out computers or figured out word processing, just very... What I thought was so cool is that you could change the size of the letters simply. You remember that? Some of you older people, you remember that? Some of you are going, you can? Serious. When you're word processing, you can have them here, and then you can have them here, and then and you can get it up till it fills the whole page. In bold, caps. You, you can make it stand out, and you, you realize that, that when you do that, it makes it seem like those letters are the best and most important. I want to tell you that this is what Jesus was saying. I'm first on the list, but I'm also the biggest and the best. And, and he gives us this important thing. And, and, and it's so important because it can go in any part of your life right now. That God is calling us, his son Jesus, as he's here on the earth, he, he says, I want to tell you what this is. I want to tell you where you should follow the command. I, I, I want to show you what should stand out to you. He says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. That's good. I I love how I've been pointing this out, that Jesus never uh, gives control to the questioner. He says, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, oh, I'll, I'll give you that. And let me tell you about the second commandment too. And he says, no, no, you only asked for one. Right? No, I'll give you two. I'll decide how many I give, okay? Um, Jesus answers with a second one. And it's simple as well. And, it's, and he says, the second is like it. It's like the first. It, it's very similar. It's not identical. In fact, some might see it as totally different. Love God. Love the Lord your God. And then he says, Love others or love your neighbor. 
He says, well, God, what am I supposed to do? One or the other. I can't do both. If I love you, then these people get put on the back burner. If I love them, then they get, you get put on the back burner. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says, these are, are like one another. They're similar. They're in the same way, the same fashion. Verse 39, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Kids, I want, I want to ask you a question right now. Do you love yourself? You say, I don't know. Am I supposed to? No, I'm not asking if you're supposed to. I'm asking, do you? And you say, well, I don't know. How do you know? Uh, when you're thirsty, what do you do? You go get some water, right? Uh, when you're tired, what do you do? Sit down, go to bed, whatever, right? Start whining. I don't know. Uh, uh, you, you, when you think of the things that you think inside that trigger for you, you say, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. I, you say, I, I want to take care of that. I want to fix that somehow. I, I think sometimes in the last, you know, I guess it's been 20 years or so, the self-esteem movement has come in and uh, people have written books about and, and they've taken this, this idea and they say, see, you're supposed to love yourself. That's what's missing. You just need to love yourself more. It, it says it right there. Just as you love yourself, you should do that. I want to tell you, that's not true. The root of your problem isn't that you don't love yourself enough. It, 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 that's not the root of our problem. The problem, we think of ourselves too much. Jesus takes something that's so common. You know what's interesting? Kids, try this at home. Um, I'm just kidding by this. I'm not kidding. You go to your brother or sister and you pinch them. And what will they say? Ow. And if you pinch them hard enough, you pinch them in the arm, they'll go, ow! You know why they go like this? Because their hand is coming to the rescue of their arm. It's the way the body works. We come to the rescue of our person. We don't even really think about it that much. We're just like, me, 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 like this. I want to tell you, Jesus takes this common thing of where we struggle because of our self-focus, and he tells, use that self-focus, that idea, to love others, to love others. He says, this is what you should be doing, is loving others. And what's really great about this for everyone, what should you do when you feel thirsty? What? Yeah, get a drink. No, you should not do that. You should look around and go, I wonder if anybody else is thirsty. I want a drink. I bet you there's somebody else who wants a drink too. I'll get two drinks. I'm tired. I wonder if anybody else is tired. Maybe we should go to bed. Maybe we should lay down. Maybe we should, you should probably sit down. It's the trigger for us. Do you get how great this is? It's, it's looking at others and saying, they might have needs. Just as I would, uh, you know, I would quickly go to the need of my person I need to think of in terms of them and say, how can I serve them? 
And it's simple because we have these triggers and we go, oh, I, as I looked at them, I bet you they, they want a drink of water. And I don't even have to ask them. I just bring it and just go here. Oh, great. Thanks. Do you see how this is supposed to work? But I, but I want to tell you this. How is this connected? Love the Lord your God. And this one's just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How, how is this connected? God says this. He says it's, it's very similar because as I have loved you, I, I want you to go love one another. And, and as you do that, you are loving me. You are loving me. I want to ask this question. Um, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And you say, well, the people on the right or the left of you or in the back of you or of your house, you know, those are neighbors. Won't you be my neighbor? Some of you don't even know why that's funny. That's sad. That's sad to me. It's from Mr. Rogers, okay? Uh, you, who is my neighbor? Who, who, and I want to tell you, it's the person that's in front of you. It's the person that you can touch. It's the person that you run into. It, it's the person that you have relationship with. There's a problem of our digital world. Some of us sit in front of the television or in front of the computer, and we're brokenhearted for the people in Albania or in Kenya, or, or, or even in Bakersfield. So we used to be those people, right? You still have a heart for them, right? I, I want to tell you, Jesus gives something so important for us to get here this morning, that the people that this flows to are the people that we can touch. He, he says, you know, those people that, that you don't have interaction with, this isn't how this is going to play out. This loving action is going to happen with the, you, you know who it's going to happen with? It's going to happen with your spouse, your husband or your wife. If you're going to obey God, it's going to come out in your love relationship with your husband or wife. It's going to come out in your love relationship with your children or with your parents. That's how this commandment's going to work out. You know what's going to happen with it? It's going to happen with those kids you go to school with. Sorry to ruin a great summer by bringing up school. Uh, it's going to happen with those people you work with. It's, it's going to happen with those people you bump into. These are the people, and this is the place where this love relationship is going to come out. It's easy for us to say, you know, I, I love God. I love God. And we have people right next to us. We have a spouse. We have children. We have coworkers. We have uh, peers in school. We, we, and, and this is who God wants us to show that love to. And we say, oh, no, I just love God. I don't really have a heart for the people around me. I really have a heart for uh, China. I really have a heart for Finland. Most of you couldn't even find it on the map, you know. Think about this. Jesus said, love, love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this important thing. He's in verse 40. He says this, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He brings these two commandments and he says, all the, those other commands, all the other writings, the law and the prophets, boil down to or are covered in these two. 
and they're both kind of the same. They're like each other. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. You say, well, what should I be doing? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what you should be doing this week. That's what you should be doing this afternoon. I want to give you three things to kind of summarize this morning. Hopefully they'll be helpful for us as we consider this passage. First of all, this. uh, We are never done with loving God or others. We're never done. We're never done. It's, It's always to be a priority every day. It's not something that we can check off a list, set it aside, onto other things. We are never done loving God and loving others. Number two, number two. Jesus wants all of me. Jesus wants all of me. I think about this. There's a little book. I think it's in our library. Our kids had it. Uh, it's, a, it's a little devotional for kids, and it, it's titled, Jesus Wants All of Me. There's not a compartment of your life. Uh, this, this time here this morning is just a representative of our whole week. It's not a part, and we're not saying, this is what I give you, God. Nothing else. Jesus wants all of me. Uh, there's another uh, little booklet that was written in the 70s. My Heart, Christ's Home. And it, it's a neat little book for us to think through that there's no part of our life that should be exempt from us loving God. There, there's no portion of it that doesn't, isn't impacted and affected by this priority of loving God and loving others. Jesus wants all of me. And thirdly, I would say this. Loving God will show by loving others. Loving God will show by loving others. I want to tell you, um, if you're struggling in your marriage relationship to love your spouse, there's something wrong with you loving God. That's the disconnect right there. If you're selfish in your uh, response as a parent uh, to your children, there's a problem there. And you say, well, uh, my relationship with God's great. I just am selfish. No. The two are connected. They're like one another. A loving God issue. It's a loving others issue. As we think this through, it will be connected. Some of us think that there's this idea that, that I'm, I'm so in love with God that I don't have time to love others. I don't care for, one, I don't care for people because they're less than God. I want to tell you, God connects the two. He says, loving God, loving others, and they're the same. As you love me, you will love others see this right now. I want to tell you that this isn't some kind of social we are the world type thing in our culture today. This is the outgrowth. This is the outgrowth of a life that has been changed by the gospel. God changes us. He pours out his love on us. We respond to him in love and then we go and we love one another. This is what he's called us to. I hope it's helpful for you this morning as God has made it simple for us um, as he, his son Jesus answered this difficult question. Please join with me in prayer. God, give us the power and the strength to do this. Uh, God, give us the mindset and the uh, strength by your spirit. Uh, remind us in the midst of our day when we selfishly and in pride uh, set our own agenda. God, I, I pray that you would help us to see this as most important. Our life, 
our love in response to what you've done for us, that we would respond to you in love and that we would see others as a place where you want us to love them as well out of the love that you have blessed us with. God, thank you for your church. Um, Glorify yourself in us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Uh, Today, you are dismissed.